Hi there, and welcome to Be a Global Citizen, the podcast that explores the concept of global citizenship through the lens of value-creating education. My name is Scott Bauer, and I'm a SOCA researcher and educator. I hope you find the discussions, stories, and insights on this podcast to be valuable and inspiring as we strive to become global citizens who are committed to living a contributive life. For today's episode, we have one of my fellow graduates from the VCE program, Kim Mullenix. She is a preschool director in San Diego, and we had a really wonderful time talking about global citizenship, uh, and Kim has quite an extraordinary story as an educator, also a former graduate of Soka University of America, her many travels, and now her new journey as a, a mom. So she has quite a lot to say on the, the topic, and it's truly fascinating. So let's get right into the episode. Okay, so hello. Um, my name is Kim, and um, currently I'm a preschool director at um, a, it's a little bit strange but um just some context i guess um growing up i was a gymnast and um during the pandemic i was um unemployed for some time and i just felt like okay i need to find a job and i was searching and there was a gymnastics center that was looking to open up a preschool program and i was like huh this is interesting and so um i was recently graduated um from the bc program and um, I took a, like a year off of um, employment after um, moving back to San Diego from Nepal. And um, yeah, I just saw this as like a cool opportunity. And so I reached out and said, hey, I'm a former gymnast um, and also <laughs> like have this master's in education and I love kids. So I'm happy to you know help start your program. And um, yeah, I became a credentialed preschool teacher and then started um, designing a program and um, we started the pilot program and I became the preschool director and sort of like founder of this um, program called Village Learning and um, I've been doing that um, for about a year, but had to take um, a bit of a hiatus um, since I'm now a mother and I've taking an extended maternity leave, um, but that's kind of where I'm at at this moment. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Kim, for sharing <laughs> that that introduction. There's so much going on from, you know, doing the master's program, being in Nepal, then coming back to the States, finding this this opportunity to to create something new and to kind of merge gymnastics with uh, preschool you know, education, and, and then you had a baby, and oh my god, so uh, definitely lots to talk about, and I'm really happy that you're here with us on the podcast, I think it's going to be really amazing, and I, I, I always enjoy, um, you know, connecting with our, our, you know, former classmates from the program, even though it was completely online and asynchronous, right, um, we always felt like I, th I thought the sense of like being really connected and united and it was exciting because also that program was something very new so we were building something together just like how you like you know the founder of that that preschool and how you're able to like you know 
they almost like speak of it so casually. Yeah, yeah, I got hired on and, you know, gymnastics and pre preschool education. Yeah, we just build something. <laughs> when in an actuality, that's fantastic. That's amazing. And, and so I'd love to hear more um, about that. Um, but maybe to kind of start off with, um, as I mentioned, right, we're, or you, you mentioned first off, right, that we were both in the VCE or the Value Creating Education Program at DePaul University. And I'd love to hear just kind of like what motivated you to apply to the program? Was there, was there something in particular when you read the description of it or the title that, you know, you were like, wow, okay. Like from wh what you were doing in that moment, um, what, what about the program made you feel like, okay, I should really do this? Yeah. So again, to provide some context, I guess, um, similar to you, Scott, um, mm -hmm. both attended SUA and so, or Soke University of America and like being at SUA really, um, I think changed me fundamentally as a person. And um, there was never words that I could fully um, use to articulate my experience at SUA, but um, I was also part of the Soke Education Student Research Project. And there's always this question you know, while you're at SUA, it's like, what, like, what is SOCA or like, what is SOCA education and what is global citizenship and all of these types of questions kind of arise throughout your journey at SUA. And I feel like after leaving SUA, those questions were still very much open-ended for me. And so um, I originally, like after graduating from SUA, wanted to go into a master's program but there wasn't anything that just really like um, fully caught my attention to the point where I'm like, this just really um, aligns with what my heart is telling me that I need to do right now. So I took a couple year break. And then in that couple years, I learned that this VCE program was manifesting and, you know, becoming an actual program, you know, at DePaul. And so I reached out to Jay, um, the current director, and um, had a very casual conversation with him. But I think through that conversation, I realized like, that maybe this is something worthwhile. And um, it was something that I felt like could potentially benefit, you know, my career in some some capacity, even though I still don't know to what capacity. Um, but it was also something that was deeply personal and probably would help me, you know, um, yeah, just solidify more of like, this is a huge um, part of my life, like SOCA or value creation. And um, now I have more of, I guess, like the words to really be able to understand like personally and like to share with the world, like what, what kind of education this is and how I can move forward and whatever endeavors I have for the future. Mm. Wow, yeah, th thank you for providing more th the context with like SUA and also, you know, sharing a little bit more about, um, you know, your experiences really like asking questions and participating in the SOC Education Conference. And, um, and it's definitely something that I think is meant to be like ongoing and open ended, <laughs> uh, never to kind of pin down, but to constantly, you know, probe and to kind of explore further and um yeah and I, and I think the, the 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 program the at, at DePaul really manifested at like such a wonderful time for both of us since 
we had just recently graduated. And I think similar to many, many uh, young people who graduate from university, there's that feeling of, you know, what's next and what is the point and what am I passionate about? And all those things kind of culminate to this feeling of like urgency, you know, to take action. And, um, and yeah, and you know, everyone has their own unique stories. Uh, I'd love to hear more about yours. And so following your graduation, what were the kind of like initial steps that you took? Uh, it seems, you know, a lot of it kind of going down the teacher path. So maybe kind of like briefly, could you share a little bit more about that, you know, professional background and, and sure. education? Yeah. 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 So, okay. It's 2022. I graduated in 2016. Um, it's funny how life just kind of, I don't know. I feel like there's something really, um, for the lack of a better word, mystic about just how life happens. And um, I found myself uh, working um, just like a seasonal, seasonal summer job right after graduating from SUA. And I was um, sort of the camp coordinator or lead for their gymnastics camps and their swim and gym camps at the um, gym where I used to do gymnastics, like my at, at the YMCA my senior year of high school. And so yeah, I just ended up kind of like back at home, you know, at this gym. And I was like designing curriculum for the summer camps and um, training like the camp counselors and stuff and doing that um, for my summer. And, and then following that, I started working at a financial um, literacy agency, um, coordinating their high school programs. And so I was working directly with high school students, but then also sort of like enhancing and um uh just like coordinating and keeping up that program or various programs for high school students but really teaching them about financial literacy so you know, important <laughs> so important but i feel like i learned so much from that program because i felt like i lacked in that category growing up <laughs> and so i'm kind of like learning and teaching at the same time um, the subject and I worked there for a couple years but I realized like in both of those programs I was working with like five to eight year olds um, in the summer camp and then I was going like bouncing into like high school students but no matter what I realized I had like a deep love for just young people and and children and um, like wanting um, in whatever platform I was working in for them to have a voice and to feel heard um, and so um, yeah, during my time at that nonprofit was also um, when I decided to apply to the VC program. And then as I started the VC program, I was like, you know what, I actually want to go into the public school system and actually like understand more of what education looks like um, right now. Um, but although I was in public school system, I was working at a charter school and a very um, a progressive um, charter school, I transitioned and started working at High Tech High, which is like a, um, a project-based learning um, school. And they're pretty world-renowned, doing like really amazing things. Um, and actually a fellow Sohokai, um, Ali Wong, like introduced me to the schools and was like, I think you'd be a great fit for this. And so um, I started working in their inclusion office. and. Um, what I loved about that was I was working with um, kids with like um, 
IEPs and 504s and like kind of helping them um, in their in the classroom, but it was in a full inclusion setting. So I ended up working with all the kids um, in the 10th grade and um, it was just a very eye-opening experience and I sort of um, kind of like uh, started to have a lot more questions about, um, yeah, just kind of where education is right now and kind of, um, I don't know, it was just like almost therapeutic, but then also very difficult at the same time. Um, like being in that kind of situation or being back in like this kind of like high school realm and seeing like what they struggle with at the moment. And um, yeah, and then following that, I had this huge opportunity to actually stick with the organization and they loved me and they're like, you should become an inclusion specialist. We'll pay for your teaching credential and all of this stuff. But I think being in the program, um, uh, like, and I don't know, something about learning about SOCA education and, you know, being around a bunch of inspiring educators, um, both like at High Tech High, but also within the VCE program, it made me um, kind of reflect more deeply about myself and what I really wanted. And I've always been interested in like global education. Um, I had my concentration was in international studies at SUA. And so it was like, I really want to study more about um, poverty and like, you know, education and young people. And so I decided, you know, like, first I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then a week later, I'm like, never mind, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to um, uh, resign from my position um, come the summer and I'm going to try and find something that I can do abroad. And yeah, that's how I found myself in Nepal working at a boarding school slash charity and working with like K through five kids um, there and doing a bunch of different things. But yeah, I guess like my professional career life has kind of like gone like here and there and all different kinds of directions, but it's always been in the realm of education and like working with people and yeah. Yeah. Kind I of love just, <laughs> it's, it's really awesome. And I just like, listening to you talk about the work that you're uh, doing um you know in part with like high tech high the high schoolers there uh inclusion but then also with like the younger younger kids and like gymnastics and all that it was all um within your your hometown right um we're talking like still in california yeah so somewhere. high tech high was still in san diego okay um, yeah everything was basically in southern california except for this jump to nepal yeah yeah and that's that local global kind of like you know oh, yeah. dichotomy that's 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 talked a lot about um to to think globally or to act and, and act locally at the same time um and so in many ways it, it just sounds like with this kind of like flurry of of experiences and various capacities in education you were you know building up this uh awareness as an educator of your interests and um, yeah, and asking questions, right? Like what else is out there to ultimately lead you then to make a very courageous and bold move to just go to Nepal and and then, you know, being there, understand, you know, the challenges that they were, they were facing and how, you know, certain challenges, I think um, maybe 
kind of go beyond just the national boundaries, like the, you know, like students and how they learn or how they need to be cared for and supported. That's something that, you know, from my own experiences, I, I can really attest to that, you know, you know that, that's, that's one of the crucial parts of like being a teacher is to really give that attention. Um, but then also it's just such a different cultural context. And I'm sure that there were, you know, huge hurdles that you had to, to jump over just to, to feel like um, you were being heard in Nepal or to be understood in, in this way. And maybe there was the language or the um, customs, but I just think that's really amazing to hear how like you really have had such a, you know, complete experience when it comes to like perspectives, both local and global. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, to absorb in just like what you just shared. Um, but I was just thinking, um, yeah, the one thing that I think was really amazing about my work experience in San Diego was that both at the nonprofit um, that I was working at, the financial literacy agency, and then at High Tech High, there were students coming from all over the county. And so um, at the particular like nonprofit, it would be different schools from the all over San Diego coming. And then it just was so interesting to see like the demographics of like the kids, depending on what school they went to and where that school was located um, and kind of the cultures like within these different pockets of San Diego. And then kind of going to High Tech High where all these kids are commuting, you know, from different various areas of San Diego and how they mesh together and sort of, um, uh, become like their own person, I guess, and express themselves with their peers. And then on the flip side, like going, you know, across the globe to Nepal and then being like this complete um, like other, you know, <laughs> um, and, and everyone there, you know, is just from the village, except for me. <laughs> and everyone can speak Nepalese except for me. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then everyone being acclimated, you know, and assimilated into a culture and like a way of being and a way of living that is completely foreign to my own. Like, to be honest, when I was there, um, it was like such a benefit to have um, uh, like internet, <laughs> but the um, just messaging my mom every day, like, good morning was like, almost like my um, way of like knowing that I existed in the world because like the place felt so foreign that sometimes I just felt like I was like, so I've never felt so like outside of like my comfort zone um, and like what I was familiar with that, like just hearing a response from her was just like, okay, this is real life. Like this is real. Um, but I definitely learned a lot and actually like for me, I didn't really go there with the intentions of like wanting to be heard, but like really wanting to learn and just absorb. And then from there, like really understand, well, what can I contribute, you know, like with the knowledge that I have and the needs of the community that I was, you know, working with and um, like what the founders of those that school and the principal really had in mind for like their kids and the community at large and so it was very humbling experience um and uh 
I did go through like my own like personal like health challenges while I was there. But um, I think that, yeah, when I look back in retrospect, I feel that I gained so much more <laughs> than I probably could have contributed. Um, but just very grateful for that experience. Yeah, it sounds like a very, um, well, a very intense experience. Uh, this was not the first time you had lived abroad because at SUA, we have to do a study abroad in our third year. Yeah. And you went to which country? I went to France. You went to France. Okay, so very different than Nepal. Right? <laughs> yeah. And very very different <laughs> and i'm sure there's a lot that you can speak to to that as well especially because you know when when one goes abroad and encounters a, a very different culture the sense of you know foreignness or otherness is real and we're so lucky to have like technology where we can just send a text to to a loved one back home and and you know hear it or hear their voice or see their face yeah. um and and yeah, it just kind of make, makes it clear how like small the world really is and, and how we're so connected. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I wanted, I want to hear more like about this, the sense of like otherness and how you like kind of grappled with like your, your, your environment in Nepal, since it sounds like there was a lot of growth that was happening, but a lot of, um, you know, like kind of observing and making yourself, you know, available to to support in any way and, and and what you were sharing about like you know just being there to like listen and then walking away and feeling like you learned a lot more than maybe what you gave i totally i totally resonate with that because when i was in brazil the first couple of years i yeah it was very overwhelming and i just kind of was like well, i don't really feel like i'm a good teacher and i don't really understand the dynamics of what's you know going on or how we're planning for things and um, yeah, and it was, yeah, like you said, very humbling. One of my coordinators and also fellow uh, alumna, um, Maria Fernanda or Mafe, she, um, she was the English coordinator and she was sharing with me how like, um, basically it takes about like three years to really start to contribute in, in, a, in a, you know, like the genuine sense, maybe it's like going through your own personal angst, but like that first year being just like observing, <laughs> And then the second year kind of maybe more or less positioning yourself or like, you know, feeling that confidence of like, okay, I understand how things work. And then the third year of actually like setting things down and like, you know, actually working towards that. And it's not to discredit, you know, like, oh, you're not actually contributing anything in the first year. No, I think even the simple presence of someone from a different country is, is huge, right? To really expand the perspectives of the people living uh, there in Nepal or for me in Brazil. But I guess for our own kind of development as like an educator, yeah, it takes a lot of humility uh, and just uh, patience, right? To just soak in that environment and all its complexities and then know the best way to act. Cause that's really like wisdom manifest, I feel like what you were sharing. So, I mean, um, that was, you know, kind of roundabout way of me just sharing like, wow, that's so amazing what you went through. But um, the term like global citizen, I feel like connects to a lot of what, you know, you were describing from that. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I, I kind of want to hear more specifically on the term of like global citizenship. Um, like, what, what does it mean to you? Um, is there something that like, you know, either through like a definition or maybe just kind of like 
uh, some particular aspect that you like to like focus in on, but like, what does it kind of mean for you? Yeah, so I think also like being mixed race myself and always having like this question of my own identity um, and everything. And just like growing up as a Buddhist in a predominantly like Christian community, my dad was in the um, military. So I was like constantly around like a lot of like conservatism, like growing up too. Um, and so I think I've, what I've gathered is global citizenship. And also through the program is um, this transcendence of difference and like sharing our humanity while celebrating our differences. Um, I think that's like something that's really important to me when we talk about global citizenship. Um, so yeah, um, I think in celebrating our differences, but also like transcending them, um, we're also like recognizing that every person has like something to contribute. Um, and yeah, I think this is why it's also very important um, to talk about like this and not just use it as like a blanket term or like a buzzword, um, but really, um, yeah, like kind of, yeah, I guess like long story short, this is like how I would define global citizenship. Great. And, and would you consider yourself a global citizen in that respect? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think global citizen, like being a global citizen, it's not just like, um, it's, it's like fluid, you know, and it's on a spectrum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's not like, all of a sudden, you know, I think we're all like, global citizens, um, because we live in this globalized, globalizing world. Um, but I think there's definitely like work that we need to put in. Um, and our comfort in like, you know, this concept of like transcending differences or like really valuing the person in front of you, like that can vary like person to person, you know? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I aspire to be this like global citizen every day. <laughs> I love that. I love that. When you were saying, um, it's like, oh yeah, definitely aspirational. I, I, I totally agree with that. And you were saying how it's like fluid. And what came to my mind was that whole like Bruce Lee, like be like water. And you just kind of like, you know, you pour the water into like any yeah. cup and then it, it fills that shape. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, and I think there's definitely something about how, you know, when we engage with another person, um, yeah, we're, we're looking at the, the entirety of that, like their humanity basically. And then there's, you know, the, based upon like kind of how we approach and see them, that's gonna determine the kind of interaction that we have, whether it be positive or negative. Not only is our world and like the society that we live in globalizing at a very alarming rate, um, but it's also kind of um, disheartening to see how polarizing everything has come to uh, and how there's, you know, tremendous, you know, divisions that, that are at play with, you know, just, I don't know, uh, differences in, in opinions uh, and ideas. And so even more, I think the role of a global citizen is to navigate those treacherous waters and to, um, yeah, have that kind of like courage to like, you know, engage, but of course, in, in a way that uh, is, you know, respecting of the other and, and the self. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it's something that we need to continue talking about, hence 
we're having our conversation now. Um, but you know, it's not something that we talk about every day. Um, so uh, for, for you, when was the first time that you heard the term itself, um, global citizenship? Is there like a particular memory that comes to mind or, or maybe a period of your life where maybe it, it then kind of, I don't know, picked up and you were like, wow, that's so interesting. Uh, I, you know, I think that just also growing up within the Sokogakai, mm -hmm. <laughs> like global citizenship, well, I don't think we talk about it very explicitly, but mm -hmm. I think that it's always present. Um, and I think the term, though, I remember coming across it in um, Ikeda's book, Discussions on Youth. Mm -hmm. And I think there's like a chapter called What is a Global Citizen? And I think that's the first time that I was probably like fully introduced to the term itself. Um, mm -hmm. But I think maybe you know, this is all speculation because I don't know how great my memory is at this point. <laughs> but I think that this term was definitely brought more to my attention after um, going to SUA or maybe like slightly before because I have this vague memory that we had to answer a question about what it means to be a global citizen to get into SUA. I don't remember anymore what the prompt was, but I think that there might have been something around global citizenship. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so too. Um, that it, 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 global citizenship itself is like it's like baked into the mission statement of SUA. Exactly. And so I think maybe one of the questions was like, you know, why why do you want to come to SUA or like what about the mission mm -hmm. uh, resonates with you? And so then after reading it, you kind of ask the question, huh? Global citizen, what's that all about? Yeah. And it's it's fascinating because um, you know when we were on campus and I, and still to this day. Um, it's very common, you know, just asking any student on campus, like, what is the mission of SUA? And they're able to recite it word for word. And, um, and I, you know, it's, I don't think it's just, um, I don't know, just to kind of show off and be like, ha I've memorized it and that, that's it, you know? Um, but I think it's that, like, kind of open question, right? It's a statement. And at the same time, right, there's this kind of sense of like, well, I'm still piecing things together myself, but it's it's a way to kind of keep it close to the heart, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be very significant because when I, what I think like, if, you know, if I were to answer the question, when was the first time I heard about it? Yeah, I, I also was, um, you know, raised within the that environment within the Soka Berkai and there had been mention of it, but it wasn't until I actually like went to SUA and then I heard people just talking about the mission statement. And I was like, why are you guys talking so much about global citizens? Like, I mean, it's cool that you guys are it, but I don't know if I would say I'm a global citizen. That sounds kind of presumptuous and like, you know, ho-ho. I'm like thinking, so I'm like next level thinking. I'm a, I'm a leader. And it, it takes time to kind of reconcile those, those feelings, I think, you know? Same, similar to like maybe when you first started teaching. I know for me, I was like, oh, imposter syndrome. I'm not a good teacher. Mm. Don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. But it took time to then really kind of, you know, have that resolve that like, no, I, I've kind of, you know, set off and I, now I'm, I'm, this is, this is part of my identity, mm. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I always find it's in, in, interesting to think of like those or the origin stories of like this, some of these concepts. Yeah. Gives us a perspective. Yeah, it definitely gives perspective. And I think 
yeah, I guess it kind of shows to you just never know, like when something is first planted, like it's just there, you know, it's like the seed is planted, but the way that it grows and the way that it's sort of nourished um, can evolve over time. Mm -hmm. And we can even surprise ourselves um, in terms of like, oh, that's where I ended up or wow, that's how like um, that became something of such significance to me. I think that's mm -hmm. something that I find is really interesting about SUA because um, to be honest, I had no idea what I was like getting myself into, almost, you know, going to that university, but it's completely um, like altered, you know, what my reality is today and how I, how I view the world, the world, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's just like that, that mission statement, right. That we're kind of like, I don't even know how it's so naturally like you know the students that go there know this mission statement and can verbatim you know share what the mission statement is um without like giving i think like too much like conscious you know thought into like the meaning behind everything but somehow like we develop sort of this like ethos you know, or we like become a part of this ethos and then we like start to embody it like the more that we're there and then um yeah somehow it like sticks with us you know as as we grow up <laughs> like yeah it's it's kind of bizarre but amazing at the same time <laughs> oh without a doubt yeah and just growing up continuing with our careers and i, I actually want to ask you a question now i, I had asked this to candace right another mm -hmm. graduate from the vce program who also happens to have a baby, um, but so you know you're you're in a in a moment of your life um, where you're probably asking lots of big questions to yourself and also within your family, looking ahead to the future. Um, but what kind of future that would be for your son, um, who is is he five months? Six yeah, months? he's five months. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know, kind of keep keep in mind when caring for your son that you're like I want my son to be a global citizen, but this is you know one quality that I can you know either model myself or in, in some way kind of like teach to your son mm. um, that you think is really important moving ahead in the future. Yeah. Actually, I've reflected, I mean, maybe not within the context of global citizenship per se, but um, I've been thinking a lot about just like, yeah, how I want my son to be in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not in, in the sense of like, oh, I want him to, you know, be very, I don't want to, I guess, like, make him whatever I want him to be, you know? Yeah, put, him <laughs> but, in, put him in a box or something. Exactly, yeah, I don't want to do that. But um I've been thinking about how I want to raise my son and how I want to support him. And, um, you know, this, but for those who are listening to the podcast, I guess, um, like my son was born with not only club feet, but, um, which is this condition where his feet were like turned in or pigeoned in when he was born. Um, and it's considered, you know, like a birth defect. And, um, he was also like, 
through this process of the last couple of months, we found out like his bones wasn't fully like growing and there was like this possibility of him not being able to stand. And then um, that kind of freaked us out, but now the bones are growing, so it's okay. And then I found out that actually like um, the anatomy of both of his feet and like his legs are a little bit different. And so, um, yeah, it was just kind of like all these things just like kind of started to unfold. And it was just, I never, you know, like imagined, you know, like first, like life in itself, I think is a miracle. And I think giving birth, like brought that like to a, a whole nother level of like understanding what that means, you know, that concept of like life being a miracle. But um, yeah, I think that just like, as a mom or like as a parent, you just want your child to just be like happy and healthy. And like when they're born and there's like obvious like complications and you know, it's just like um, the reality of like going to like regular doctor's appointments and like trying to figure out like a diagnosis and like what's going on. Like, I think like on one side, it's really heavy. <laughs> and it like, it makes me question a lot of like, um, could I have done anything to prevent this, you know, just because like, I think growing up myself, you know, like there's just certain stages of like being a kid that's really difficult <laughs> and you just like want your child to like be protected and like, you know, to have good friends and like, um, like avoid any kind of like possibility of being made fun of or like bullied or anything like that to be honest these are like where like my thoughts would just like go naturally sometimes um but then I realized you know like my son himself has like his own like unique mission and he is beautiful just as he is you know like it doesn't he doesn't have to have like perfectly like I don't know like um like symmetrical feet or whatever <laughs> to be like an amazing person, you know? So um, yeah, I think like for me, an aspect of this, like how I defined global citizenship um, with like this transcendence of um, difference and sharing our humanity. I just like, I want my son to like be able to like celebrate his difference mm -hmm. and like his uniqueness mm -hmm. in this world. And like in turn, like being able to like embrace all people for who they are. And I think that like has to start with me, like being able mm -hmm. to like fully embrace like my son and like any kid that I'm like working with or, you know, or any person that I'm like, you know, engaged with day to day. And I think that like is something that is much easier to say <laughs> and talk about than like actually do. And so I think that, um, I feel very fortunate to like be in like the space and like in the position that I'm in because like my son foremost is like teaching me like how to do that and like showing me like how beautiful life can be um, in all of its like natural imperfections and um, yeah, but definitely showing me so much humanity. So um, yeah, I hope that kind of answered the question. <laughs> That that answered it beyond anything, right? That you you I, that was amazing. Um, I thought that was a very like deep take on just kind of um, what it's like to care for like another human being, and then to 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 recognize it's not just you know 
imperfections, but it's just the 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 totality of that person, and to celebrate, like you said, their their differences. And when I when people, I think I think I'm just speaking in a general sense, but you know, the idea of like global citizenship, it's like a global one planet, we're all the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's in in one sense, yes, but then in the other sense, when you really look at that person in front of you, it's exactly what you're sharing, right? That they are so unique they bring so many other you know experiences attributes of um you know about who they are who they're becoming and um yeah and i just feel like that's something that also needs to be talked a lot about especially with the pandemic really taking a toll on everyone's mental health and people really going you know within to like kind of why why they feel the way they do and the fact that we're all um, you know, immersed within a society that has high, unrealistic, you know, absurd expectations. Uh, and the, the world is constantly shifting, right? And so, you know, it's like to, to work to satisfy, you know, society's views rather than our own. I think that's another component that, you know, through your actions, what, what you model, um, definitely that will contribute to your son's growth and development and happiness, like you said, which is so fundamental. So thank you for sharing. That's so, that's so wonderful. And um, and we are starting to come up on time, <laughs> but I wanted to, to ask one last question, if that's okay. Yeah. And it involves a book or film recommendation. Anything that maybe you're currently reading or have read in the past that you think is just really amazing when it comes to like, you know, really encouraging someone to aspire to become a global citizen yeah so um book or film right yeah either or okay i'm gonna say film because i've been watching lots of movies that's okay <laughs> so my husband's like a huge um, film buff so he like loves watching different kinds of films and so i, I actually asked him this question because i'm like what movies have we been watching recently and yeah. he, um we watched this movie called best of enemies and it's about this man who's um, the president of the Ku Klux Klan in his community. And he befriends like this, um, this leader of the civil rights movement, like in their community. And just like kind of like the evolution of this president of the Ku Klux Klan, who was like trying to do everything in his power to just like, you know, like, stop all civil rights like movement um, mm-hmm. to like actually becoming like best friends with this person. I think that it shows like an incredible um, like montage, I guess, of like human revolution. So mm-hmm. um, I would definitely um, like recommend that as like something that's very current to, you know, a lot of the issues within the context of, especially the United States um, and um, what global citizenship could like look like. Um, yeah. Wow. The best of enemies. The best right? of enemies. You can find it on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix right now. Yeah. But Amazing. very powerful. Like we were both in tears at the end. <laughs> uh, that sounds great. I'll definitely look into it and, and watch it later. So thank you so much for the, the recommendation. And thank you again, Kim, for, for joining and, and sharing your your stories, your insights about this topic of global citizenship. It's been very encouraging. And, you know, you're doing so much and you have a lot on your plate, but, you know, you just like, you know, from what you shared, it's just, it just sounds like you have like this tremendous foundation 
and like you know the sense of like okay right um you you have your priorities set when it comes to how you want to like really support not just your family but then also the students and um you know the people that you engage with um and i yeah i, I it's it's just really a pleasure to like connect with uh you know classmates not just you know the fact that we were from you know sua but then also even in the same master's program just to kind of hear so much like incredible like development and like growth and maturity that's happening uh, across all fronts so best of luck kim you got this thank you so much scott and yes keep going with this podcast because i think there's something really amazing that's going to arise from all of these planting of dialogues on global citizenship. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Kim, for joining me to talk about global citizenship. It's really amazing to get together and talk about these really important uh, concepts and to apply them to our lives. I think it's the, the, the kind of space that we need to explore just how these these concepts manifest within our day-to-day -day activities, in the work that we do, the life that you know we're, we're leading, and in your case, there's there's just so much to draw from, um, from your many travels, your work in different educational spaces, and now more recently, as a mother taking care of your little one. I think it's just really tremendous to, to be able to hear from you just the, the concept of global citizenship and really to like um, think long term um, about your, your child and kind of really wanting him to see beyond differences and you know really understand that as humans we all want to, to have that sense of belonging and um, through that great compassion that you have for your son um, you also are cognizant of the importance to extend that to your students and I think it's uh, you know that the age range like within preschool is just such a crucial point in, in one's life to really learn these kinds of skills and uh, qualities so it's just been, it's just been such an honor and it's been a pleasure to talk with you Kim thank you so much Thank you.